Hey, what's up, Colorado? Chris Lopez here. And we're coming to you live from our new studio, which is dialed in now. We got everything uh, figured out and it's working extremely well. And this kind of brings me up to what we're going to be doing today and for pretty much every week for the indefinite future, we're going to be doing a brand new show. And really, we want to start doing a lot more live content. So a lot of it through YouTube and Facebook. But the reason I want to do live content, it's really two main reasons. One is I've been doing lives for a while, about the last, really last year on and off with bigger pockets between our real estate ride along show and our multifamily mentor show. And it's been a lot of fun. Obviously, on bigger pockets, we go live. There's two, 300 people instantly just because they have a million people on their channels and watching them. But I forgot how much fun it was to just have that live engagement, that live interaction. And then secondly, as we have been growing as an organization here at the Envision Advisors and also just doing a lot more deals and deals, if you've looked at our history and about a year ago, we did a whole bunch of deal analysis. It was actually a whole like deal analysis blitz. You know, Press and I did a bunch of those deals yeah. together. And then what happened, we got busy and the, the systems we put in place there for, hey, we close a deal, getting the information, recording a podcast for it. It just, we, we outgrew it was one thing, but also it just was not working with how fast the market was moving. So as I was trying to figure out how can we get information out there quicker, I realized that lives were the show that the process we put in place was collecting information, building a PowerPoint, pre-populating all this stuff. It was just, it was too slow to stay up with the market. So the other reason we're going to start doing lives is so we can bring information, really market trends, current events, and I, most importantly in my mind, deal analyses. How can we start doing deal analyses quicker and quicker? And I think live is the best way to do it. So with this show, what we're going to do every week is have it live and have people start emailing us questions or posting on social or hopefully join us on YouTube or Facebook. It'll be Wednesdays at 12 Mountain. As of now, it may change the future just to put that disclaimer out there. And we're going to talk about some current events. We'll talk some deal analyses. We'll also answer some questions that have popped up or things that have, um, you know, that's been interesting to us or questions we've had over the last couple of weeks. With all that as well, we'll have, you, on most shows, a co-host or two or guest on the show with us as well to come talk the market, come, come talk deals, and just have fun. So we will talk all these current events on here but also use this way to have fun and do some you know, in-person networking here in the studio, but also doing a lot more virtual networking as well between YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. So really trying to kind of combine the two of local networking, but doing it at scale virtually so we can all stay in touch with each other and learn from each other because you know, the podcast and the, and the YouTube videos is such a great way to stay in touch with people. So through all of this, we're gonna be talking deals with guests, market trends, but it's going to be a lot more casual as well because going live is is great. It's fun, but there's usually uh, less prep on there. So it'll be a little more casual and we'll have a few more bumps along the way. But then as we talk through deals and market trends, we'll repurpose that content across the podcast and blog posts. But this way, the live can we just go, 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 go and have guests on the show as well. And to have a little more fun as well. You know, part of the thing with the studio remodel was building a little barn here. So we will probably be having drinks most of the time. At least I'm going to, and some of the guests will be as well, just to, again, have some fun. And the alcohol is there, so, you know, might as well have a, a, a drink or two while we do it. And we'll have a drink. We'll dive in. This, we'll do some deep dives into topics, deal analyses, market trends, and just have lots of fun. And hopefully be a good blend of education, entertainment, and give you some great edutainment so we can learn the Colorado market. So my two co-hosts today are people that everyone knows, 
Preston Newberry. Preston, good morning. Good morning, Chris. How's it going? Good. I'm really excited to be on the show today with you and uh, dig into a couple deals we've done here recently and uh, have have some fun. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Second co-host is Jenny Bayless in the Springs. Jenny, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Chris. How's yeah. it going? Good. I'm glad you were able to make the drive up and join us in person in the studio. I know. I'm excited to do the inaugural live. So Yeah, so I think you two guys are the perfect people to do the first live on here so we can dive into some deals, talk some market trends. And just obviously, you guys are very experienced doing podcasts, so it should be a, a fun time. I think we're going to have a great time. Yeah. It's really fun to have Jenny in the studio. I've had an opportunity to work with her on a couple deals now, and uh, it's been been really good to get down in the springs and do some stuff down there. So yeah. so we'll talk two deals today, an eight-unit multifamily, a commercial property, both down the springs, and also talk market trends. Before we do, well, cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers to your water, Jenny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have to drive, so we, we forgive you. <laughs> Man, and I made that drive down to Colorado Springs twice this last weekend. It's rough, right? It's terrible. Yeah. yeah. How's the construction? I haven't been down there for a while. Bad. Bad. Really bad. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's an obstacle course. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> while the pandemic happened, they didn't like knock out all the road construction? They no, actually they made it worse. did a good job. Oh, I was going to say, I think they made progress, but it's They made it's progress, but it's yeah. still, still yeah. a mess. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's talk some market updates because we are due for our April market updates. And this is something Jenny and I talked about on the last podcast we did, which was the market updates. I mean, they're full of stats, but they're a little boring and a little stale, to be very frank. <clears throat> I mean, we go through and read stats, and it also paints, you know, the market's very tough right now, and the seller's condition also paints a, a pretty pessimistic picture out there for buyers, which is what most investors are right now. So we'll go through, give some market updates, but also really dive into your guys' perspective as you're out there putting deals together, showing properties, writing offers, how it's working as well. So Jenny, starting off with the Springs, what would you? What are some stats on the Springs we can talk about? Yeah, there's some, um, I would say, historical stats that we can kind of just highlight real quick. Um, the first one being is that we are, we've now crested median price from March, which which crested the $400,000 price point. And in April, it rose 5% to 420, um, which is just nuts, unprecedented um, in Colorado Springs, which is up $70,000 from last April at 350. So, I mean, that's just kind of mind boggling to me. Um, and then another thing that, another stat that I think highlights kind of what we're seeing observationally is, nine days on market um which is that's just crazy well yeah. give us context yeah. on there nine days what so what does on market mean and why is nine days crazy yeah so like if we look at last year this time we were at 20 so it's less than half um so meaning when someone lists a property and when it uh, colorado springs does it for when it goes under contract um that stays on market um not to when you when you have it closed and but just to have something cut in half when we know that most listings come up on a Wednesday or Thursday, go through Monday or Tuesday, collecting multiple, multiple offers. Many, many offers. Yeah, yeah that's where that's why it's at nine, in, in my opinion. So, um, I mean, I think realistically, wild. from you know, real world perspective, it's probably like four. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know? I mean, it yeah. goes goes on the market on you know Wednesday or Thursday, and they've got offers they're going to take by Saturday or Sunday. They just you know don't get it updated until Monday or Tuesday, right? Exactly. So, yeah. Yep. So. so inventory, has that changed at all? Yes, it is. So I now, so I've got the screen, the numbers yeah. up here too, Jenny. So if you guys are watching or listening later, we're going to have all the, uh, all this up on the YouTube video and a lot of this content in the show notes as well on the blog post. Yeah. So it, it's up about a hundred units from March 
which wow that's that's awesome except if you put it into context for even a tight inventory market last year this time at 1275 that's you know we're at we're at 450 now so it's <laughs> like a third 450 of what it was. single family yeah active listings that's right. not a lot no it's not <laughs> no <laughs> All right, so we're going to jump over to the Denver trends. This is really, really interesting, and we've got some really good data here. Um, oh, take it away then. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I mean, looking at this stuff, obviously we dive into it every day, but, um, you know, looking at where we are, you know, compared to the previous year, I mean, I think active listings uh, <clears throat> for April anyways were like 2,600 in Denver, give or take. Um, and the average number of listings for April, you know, over the last historical period of, you know, 20 or 30 years is about 14,900. <laughs> um, so, you know, take that into consideration when you're, when you're thinking about the inventory levels, right? Like it's just, it's just crazy. Um, and, you know, typically we see a seasonal uptick, uh, this time of year with, with listings coming on board, but, you know, we're just haven't, haven't seen that yet. So it's, uh, going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, and the number of units that are closed in Denver is up 28% from last year. Um, now, obviously we had just entered the pandemic and things were getting kind of weird, but just to think about, you know, in historical context, you know, where the market's at and what's going on. So if you guys are watching the screen, I've actually got the March stats pulled up. I pulled up the wrong month on here. So that, that's my bad. No worries. <laughs> um, but it's basically, it's the same data, just super inventory as Preston was saying. So we all know that song and dance. We all know it's um, a great time to sell. Sellers are in the driver's seat. You I know, mean, the average home prices in Denver are up 24% from a year ago. Wow. 24%. Our historical average is 6% a year. Think about that. Yeah. And 20% um, for Colorado Springs. Yeah. So let's talk about this. I mean, from you know identity perspective, taking away from stats, but more from just the, you're in the trenches, you're out there putting deals together. Preston, you know, you, yep. you've, you know, you've been an agent for a number of years now. You've seen the market low inventory. Now you've seen this crazy low inventory. What's it like getting deals together now? Is it still worth buying or is it just too hard? Absolutely. It's still worth buying. I think the biggest thing in the conversation I have with, you know, our clients is, hey, we're going to have a few swings at the plate before we get a home run, you know, and, and even if we end up with a base hit or a double, like, let's take what we can get right now. Because the sooner you get in, the sooner you make something happen, you know, you're going to be able to ride this wave that everyone else is on. And at some point, yes, it's going to slow down, but it's better to get in now while you can. And, you know, the tough part about that is, yeah, we're paying over what sellers are listing their houses at. But I think the big thing to take into consideration is list price is not market price, right? It's, what do you mean by that? So it's like when you go to go to the grocery store, right? You're going to buy some fish. It's market price, right? It's what the market's willing to pay for for that house, you know, as opposed to what the seller wants to list a house at. They can list it at whatever they want. But at the end of the day, the market is willing to pay what the market's willing to pay for that house. And that's what you have to compete with. And that, you know, typically in our market right now is going to be anywhere between 10 and 20% over what the house is, is listed at. And it's just, you know, setting those expectations and being prepared for that and knowing, you know, what it's going to take to, to make a deal happen. But even at that 10 or 20%, is it still, because it's no longer a deal, right? You're using air quotes? Yeah. I mean, what is a deal, right? Everyone has a different idea of a deal, but at the end of the day, it's about building long-term wealth in real estate. And that's what we do with our clients. So um, you know, looking at the long term, the big picture, you know, everything from a global perspective is, hey, get in the market, get in a house. This is going to be better for you in 10 or 20 years than 
looking at it in six months from now, you know, and especially if we're appreciating it 24% a year right now. I mean, you, whatever you end up paying for this house, if it's even $100,000 over what the sellers listed the house at in six months, you're going to be flush, right? You're going to be even. So it's just a matter of biting the bullet and doing what you need to do to put a competitive offer in and get in the game to make sure that you can, you can ride that wave. Now, comparing like, you know, this, this spring versus last spring, mm-hmm. you know, or at least, you know, this spring versus a pre-COVID spring, um, how many more offers on average are you saying like you're having to put in to, to get a deal in your contract? Like, what's that like? Yeah, I mean, we're definitely putting in more. I would say, you know, typically with the clients I work with, you know, our average is about two to three offers, you know, um, per client before we would get under contract. Right now, you know, it might be five to five to six or seven, you know, and it's just, it's waiting for that right deal to come along. And I tell my clients this all the time. Yes, we're going to put offers in, you know, let's make sure we're putting our best foot forward, put our highest and best in, like, let's just see what we can make happen and be prepared to know that, hey, you know, we're going to miss out on a few. We might not be be right there when we need to, but when the right house comes along, the right opportunities there, like it, it, it's going to work. You know, everything happens for a reason. So if you're ready, you're willing, and, you know, you want to put the work in, we're here to help you make that happen. Impatient. So, yeah. So still find a deal, just more offers to get under contract. Yep, exactly. All right. Yep. Jenny, what's it like in the Springs with you and Leah as you're putting properties in your contract? I think the best way to to uh, summarize that is ditto to what Preston <laughs> said. But yeah, same thing. I mean, we're we're seeing five, six offers until we get a successful one. Um, you know, same thing. Even though inventory is really low, there's still deals to be made. There's still de- deals to be had out there. So just keep analyzing, keep trying to put put something in. I always tell everyone, just, you know, see what works for you. If, if there's less available, then, you know, it might just take a little bit longer until we find something, um, either finding an opportunity period uh, that works or getting under contract on that particular property. But um, yeah, I mean, this month, I believe Leah and I got five under contract in May. So, so far through the first half of May. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I mean, Which is it's, great. it's still happening and these are great deals for clients. So um, yeah, just press forward, be persistent, be patient. Um, that's the best way to describe it, I think. Yeah. And I think, you know, the big thing is just knowing that, you know, what a deal was a year ago, right? Again, air quotes, mm-hmm. what a deal was a year ago is going to be different than what a deal is now, mm-hmm. you know? And so, yeah, cash flows might be down a little bit, but you know, you flip the coin and look at the appreciation side of things. So yeah. it's just, you know, what the real estate market's giving us and saying, Hey, does this work for me or does it not? And, you know, going one way or the other. So exactly. Yeah. Great. And something that we were talking about before we started recording was it's a really great time for people to sell. And and I know this sounds counter, but it's also still a good time for people to buy. So just because it's good for people to sell, I don't think it means it's a bad time for people to buy, if that makes sense. No, it makes sense. And yeah. to kind of give some some numbers out there to people as well, say it's a good time to buy because you know all the data shows that prices and rents will continue to increase. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're at a still very historical low for interest rates. You can lock in some very cheap debt. Yep. And I mean, I think there's a good chance we will see inflation yep. um, I was just down the road. Touch on that, Chris, because I know we recorded yeah. a podcast the other day. I don't think it's been released yet, but no. you know, it's it's just about locking in, you know, that debt service at a really, really cheap rate right now mm-hmm. because we know inflation is coming. You know, how how big or what that is going to look like, we don't know, but something's going to happen. So it's just a matter of like getting in now and riding that wave. Yeah, and I think that I heard that they're trying to aim for two percent um, appreciation, which I mean. 
Inflation, you mean? Yeah, excuse yeah, me, yeah. inflation. Um, and which would, I mean, the debt burden just becomes completely reduced uh, every time that happens. So yeah. it's, it's interesting to kind of see the impact for that. And so that's why it's still a good time to buy. We mm-hmm. don't see anything like, hey, interest rates will go up, prices will go up, income's going up. Um, so not a great time to sell the fences, but also a good time to sell. Because if you got a property you've owned for five or 10 years with equity in there, mm-hmm. as we've talked on their podcast, great time to tap in an equity where it might be cash out refi, but a lot of times it makes the most sense to sell, trade up in 1031, especially, you know, who knows what's going on with the 1031 exchanges. There's talk <laughs> yeah. about it, maybe some of it phasing out. If that's the concern of yours, great time to start making those moves now. And that's going to take a while to implement, but hey, we're in a hot seller's market. Time to sell those properties, move the capital where you want to mm-hmm. and hedge your bets, but still buy new properties and get great cheap debt on properties. Absolutely. Just keep moving around that monopoly board, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, so market stats, low inventory, still good time to buy, good time to sell, and we can still make things happen in the long-term perspective of making long-term wealth. If you're looking to make a profit in 30 days, be tough, look to make a profit in 30 years, we can do that. This market still makes sense from like the big level trends. So moving on, really excited to say that our 2021 Guide to Colorado Real Estate Investing Strategies book is now being released in about two and a half weeks. And so what's happened, um, I actually want to get this book out in April, but uh, just with work and life, it got a little harder to get the book out on time. So we actually changed the name from Denver to Colorado, since we've got Jenny and Leah down and we're going to continue to expand over Colorado. So really want to get a whole breadth of what investors are doing around Colorado. So this year, we've actually had over 30 investors contribute a chapter of the book. So now it's bigger and also better. Bigger and better, right? (laughs) It's a great combination there. So what we're gonna do since the book is out and also the world is opening back up between COVID rates going down, vaccinations, warmer weather, we're actually gonna do our first in-person networking event as well. So come Friday, June 4th from three to 9 p.m. We're doing a networking event plus in-person book launch as well. So we got 200 books ordered. Hopefully we'll give every single book away there at the event. But the main purpose of the event is come hang out. Come have a drink or two or three. Come have uh, some food. Come get some FaceTime. Yeah, and come meet people face to face. Like yeah. I was actually thinking about this the other day. I was like, wow, it's gonna be weird to be around people without masks and actually talk. Like weird in a good way. Like I have to dust off notes on how to right? do like, an like, event. Yeah, shave and make sure your yeah. <laughs> your beard's all trimmed up. People are gonna be able to see your face now. <laughs> I know. So it's gonna be a lot of fun. So that is Friday, June fourth. We got the RSVP link. We'll put that in the show notes. Or if you can't find it, email us. Uh, but that will be a downtown venue. Just we'll have a food truck. We'll have booze. We'll have a good time. It's family friendly. So just come have fun, network, grab a copy of the book, and get back to somewhat of a normal life. Um, so now let's talk about some deal analyses. So we have an eight unit. We go through two here. An eight unit in the Springs that Jenny and Preston worked with a client to uh, capture, and then we're talking about an office space in the Springs as well. Yep. So Jenny, tell us the high level overview about this eight-unit property in the Springs. Yeah, so this particular apartment building, um, like Chris said, is eight units. It's basically two combined fourplexes. It's kind of the best way to describe the layout. Uh, brick building, solid. Um, on the north side of town, which you don't really see a lot of um, smaller multifamily. So that was a good opportunity as well. And then um, it was also in District 20 School District, which a lot of renters are... Uh, attracted to yeah why the, the, the location on this place was just stellar yeah yeah same um same uh, uh, allure as cherry creek school school district yep 
So, um, yeah, it was, it was a really great uh, property, in, in my opinion, just it kind of checked all the boxes. Um, there and the cool thing about this place is it was in a complex with some other multi-unit you know, buildings mm-hmm. and they have a small HOA there. So everyone takes really, really good care of their property. So yep. like Jenny said, you know, it was all brick construction in really, really good shape and, you know, in an area that was very well taken care of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've never seen an HOA on a multifamily before, but it's a cool concept. I yeah, think. I, yeah. I think it works, you know, and it's, it's cheap enough and they take care of, you know, the things they need to that, that it works. Yeah, for sure. All right. So I got this spreadsheet pulled up. We're going to fill this in live. Like we've done on some other deal analyses. So you didn't investment property. What was the down payment? Uh, 37%. 37%. Mm-hmm. Sounds like there's a story behind 37%. <laughs> I think Preston can, uh, you know. He, yeah. So a um, little bit of backstory. This this was a client that came to us. They actually live out of state um, and wanted to, you know, invest in either Denver or Colorado Springs. Um really well-educated client. They've got a great partnership. They do some stuff, you know, um, out on the West Coast as well and decided it was time to, you know, see what Denver could or, or the Springs could work with them on. So, um, you know, typically in the commercial world, if you're not local to where you're investing or have experience in that market, lenders are gonna want you to have a little bit more skin in the game, right? So instead of doing, you know, 25 or, you know, 30% down, they're gonna want a little bit more um, reassurance from, from the borrower, you know, because this is a new market for them. Maybe they don't have as much experience here, whatever the case may be. Um, so, you know, they ended up, you know, requiring, you know, like a 65% LTV on this one. Um, and to make the numbers work and get where everything, you know, worked out for the buyer, they ended up putting a little bit more in on top of that, but it all all worked out well. And as you guys will see, as we go through the numbers here, I think this is gonna be a great property yeah. for them. All right, so 37% down due to out-of-state higher LTV requirement. What was the purchase price? So the original contract price was 1.38 million. 1.38? Yes. Okay. But the purchase price was 1.3, which we'll definitely have to tell that that aspect too. Well, let's talk about it right now. Yeah. So why do we have that $800,000 swing? Um, so appraisal. Yeah, it just did not appraise. Uh, yeah, the appraisal, you know, didn't come in, you know, where we thought it would, which, mm-hmm. you know, is one of those things that we're fighting in this market. You know, we don't typically see a lot of issues, but, um, you know, the way that they, you know, appraise commercial properties is based off of, you know, how they perform, right? As opposed mm-hmm. to sales comps and things like that. So, um, you know, it's just one of those things that where the property was performing and what the market was doing, um, appraisal came in a little bit less than, you know, what we expected at the contract price. We were able to work through that and everybody came out on top. Yep. Okay. So what's like a, a ballpark acquisition cost for a property like this with you know, everything, including lending? So everything, including lending is about 17,000. Okay, so I'll put that in here. So down payment, I mean, we're talking right around $480,000. And then when it comes to like seller credits, initial repair costs, like what was that like? I mean, any seller credits, any initial repair costs? So the only thing noteworthy on that aspect is that uh, through inspection negotiations, we were able to get the seller to replace the sewer line um, fully. So it was about $15,000 um, action item on the seller, but- But the uh, seller did that, right? The so seller like the did it. Arm. Yep, so there's nothing yep. on the, the closing disclosure in, in the way of credits. Um, and then same with initial repair costs. Uh, there's really nothing that they need to do um, immediately. There's, there's two units that could use some updating at some point whenever they turn, but nothing that's immediate and it's mm-hmm. not going to be, you know, anything crazy and, you know, out out of the market conditions. So I would say, you know, seller credits or uh, as far as initial repair costs, not much there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. So 
we're talking about an eight unit in the Springs in school district 20. It was under contract 1.38, finalized around 1.3, and then all in about $500,000 for initial investment. Mm -hmm. Got under contract, started the financing, the inspection. Main thing was the sewer line, it sounded like. Yep. Negotiated that in half the client. Seller completely replaced the sewer line. Mm -hmm. So that is a great win in this market. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> all in about yeah. $500,000 to buy a, a property of this type. So about a half million dollars of cash to buy. So it's a good chunk of change. Now let's talk financing. Um, what was the financing like on here? Because for you know five units above, we're not doing 30 year fixed stuff. So this was a commercial loan. Um, the rate was surprisingly in line with what we're seeing for residential stuff. So it was 3.875 on a 30 year term with a five year arm. Okay, so yep. interest rate 3.875, mm -hmm. amortized over 30 years, but five years of fixed rate, and then it'll float, adjustable rate mortgage. Correct. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I mean, that's a really good term. So what are the units layout? We're talking about rents now, so eight units, but are these four bedrooms, three bedrooms, two bedrooms, what are they? They're all two bed, one bath, identical yep. units. Okay. Both, both buildings are the exact mirror of each other, mm -hmm. which is really nice. Um, and they have uh, in-building um, laundry units as well, which are owned by the seller. Um, so there's a little bit of income there, which we'll talk about, um, but overall in really good shape. And also uh, storage units that yep. he was not renting, the seller was not renting out. He was using them for, for personal use. Um, so there's another income source as well. Uh, and the these buyers. are things that the new buyer, or the new owner can now implement to increase yep. Yep. coin-operated laundry income and also working out the storage, storage. individually. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah. And we also found out um, during the final walk that um, there's an opportunity to put a parking pad uh, at the base of the building. Uh, so it'd be almost private parking down there that, he, you know, the buyers could probably do something with that as well if they wanted to down the road. Oh, all right. Yeah. yeah. So what are the rents like? Like what's the, I, know, I imagine there's some like, what was the rent roll? Like was it all the same or oh, no, all it, over the board? It was all over the place. Um, rents were all over the place. And <laughs> like then, what was the range? Oh gosh. Like, or do you, you don't know off the top of your head? I don't know. Okay. I, I went through everything and on average, they were at 1050, which includes billbacks, which were also all over the board. Okay. So we'll just say a blended rate of about a thousand fifty yep. a month. Because yep. mm -hmm. they were all over the board from anywhere from 800 to some of them were over 1100. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It was so, wild. Yeah. So we'll plug this in here and start with this, come back and update it. So 8,400. And then $200 a month in laundry income. Okay. And that's existing already in there. Correct. Okay. And that's typically about standard what we'd see for an eight unit building. You know, it's about a hundred bucks for every four units. So, mm -hmm. so property management, what does property management cost for a multi down the Springs? Um, so if they were to shop this, it would be 8%. Um, usually most property managers do 8% if it's at four units and up. Okay. Yeah. So we'll put an 8% repairs and maintenance. I think eight is an appropriate for that. And you said there's an HOA on this. Mm -hmm. What is that monthly HOA? So it's $237 a month, which covers parking area maintenance, trash, and covenant enforcement. Covenant enforcement, really? Mm -hmm. Okay. Which yep. they are actually pretty strict about down there. Yeah. So it was yeah. nice to see. I actually saw cars getting towed when we were down there doing our <laughs> inspection. So <laughs> like I said, they take good care of this place. What are taxes? So taxes are 3,600 a year. Insurance? Uh, 3700 a year. And then utilities. 
6200 a year, which for everything? Yes, which covers common area electric, laundry, and then gas and water are um not separately metered. So owner pays for that as okay. well. Okay. And this is yeah. where they're implementing the utility bill back to offset it. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I mean, so we're talking basically $500 a month in utilities. Mm-hmm. Were the bill backs to tenants covering $500 a month? Yes. They were. Oh, okay, yeah. great. Because a lot of times you see where they're not. Where they're so, not. Yeah. Okay. So the bill backs, um, the prior owner actually was including within the bill back um, snow removal and even cleaning of the common area, like the the stairwells, like having a cleaner come through. So, I mean, he had everything, he had everything on a covered. bill back. Yeah. yeah. He just had rents significantly below market. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, any other expenses, operating expenses? No. Okay. Nope. Pretty clean and simple. Mm-hmm. So we're going to switch to the cash flow tab now. And just for simplicity, we're plugging this into Joe Massey's spreadsheet to kind of just do a rough calculation of numbers. So we're talking about an annual gross rental income of just over $100,000. $100,000 minus vacancy, all the expenses gives us an NOI of about $67,000. So right on that 33% operating yep. expense ratio, which you often cite, so that's right on there. Less the annual mortgage payments of $46,000 is an annual cash flow of $21,000 a year. So that's good, that's really good cash flow. Mm-hmm. 4.2% cash on cash return and a 5.2% cap rate. What is your reaction on that, Jenny? Is this good, bad, what is it? Great. Great. Why? Yeah, because that's a 5.2, which is higher than what we've been seeing on on multifamilies lately, just because it's been an absolute feeding frenzy. And that's at current rates. We can definitely, definitely get that up much higher um, with some more efficiencies in place. Okay. Yep. So a true, I mean, low five cap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this property is also in, pretty in, standard for this market. You know, I yeah. mean, that's, that's, yeah. if we can find something like in that range, like we're excited. <laughs> but this is also in the, a very good location, sounds mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. and also in really good shape. Yeah. Overall, right. Yeah. Cause you'd say, I think when you guys mentioned the seller, the previous owner took really good he care did take of this. Really mm-hmm. good care yes. of this. Yes. Yeah. Which is not what we always see in multifamily. <laughs> not <laughs> <Yep>. so much. <laughs> He's very hands on landlord. Okay. So let's go back and change a couple of variables real quick. What do you think the upside in rents are? So I truly think that you could probably get 1100 plus bill back. So what would that be yeah. like for bill back? Um, so the, 1100 base rent, which mm-hmm. is $50 more than what he's currently charging for rent plus utilities. Mm-hmm. And what's the bill back? Um, what? I mean, right now he has like everything under bill back. I, I think 75 would be a more palatable uh, okay. bill back number if, if we were to bump up rents that much. And then how much for, so we'll keep $200 a month in laundry. That's mm-hmm. about right. Standard. What about storage? Or is that included in the rent? It's not. Yeah, he does not have the tenants. Or the tenants do not have access to the storage unit. So um, I I honestly don't know. I would probably just see what I could get. I mean, uh, I think 50 bucks a yeah, month Yeah, I was thinking 20, unit. but yeah. yeah. And there's eight storage units? Correct. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So we'll just put that. Should probably fill out the spreadsheet slightly differently, but we'll go with it this way. <laughs> So now we're talking about bumping up the rents on here from about 8,600 to about $10,000. So that is a significant amount. Yep. Mm-hmm. And to do that, I mean, is that mostly just, hey, as leases turn, just go up there and raise the market rent and lay out, hey, we're going to start charging for this or do this? Yep. Yes. Would they need to do updates of the units, Preston, to get the Yeah. Rents? I mean, there's two units there that could use some updating for sure. I think they'd probably end up putting in about $10,000, give or take. 
okay. um, to get those units. You 10,000 per unit? No, yeah. I think total. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you I think, think so? Yeah. Okay. I don't think there's a lot that needs to be done. So I think, you know, 10 to ten to 12,000 bucks would probably, you know, get you where you need to be. Okay. So I'm going to come back here just and put this under initial repair cost yep. right now. And then all the other expenses will stay the same. Now we are looking at a 6.8% cash on cash and a 6.2 cap rate which isn't always the best way to compare since this is going to be like probably a year out for this to really take into effect. Mm -hmm. But this bumps up the cash from about 21000 to about $34,000 a year. So we're talking a $13,000 increase in cash flow, which is always great. But plus we're increasing the net operating income, which on commercial properties increases is the main the factor, which increases the value. Yep, yeah. exactly. So are there plans here to raise the rents, potentially refi down the road? Is that uh, yes. in anyone's crystal ball? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was, you know, kind of the overall plan here is that, you know, we knew we had a good deal here and there's a ton of upside for, you know, our buyer to, to go in and get this place stabilized, get some rents up um, and, you know, hopefully go in and refinance, um, you know, in 12 to, to 14 months. And pull uh, out cash or just do like just refinance? Um, probably pull, probably out, some pull cash. out some cash. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Any estimates on that? I haven't run the calculations yet. No, not yet. Um, you know, I think it'll kind of depend on where the market goes here over the next uh, next twelve to fourteen months. But I think there's definitely opportunity to pull a good amount of cash out. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So I'm going to save the spreadsheet so we can make sure it's up on the website afterwards. Any other comments on this property? Because this is, I mean, for a multifamily, it's good numbers overall. Yep. Good location and lots good of condition. Yeah. And upside. Yep. Yeah. I What's mean, not to like about it? What am I missing? Property. Slam dunk as far as I'm yeah. concerned. <laughs> um, and I know we have not published this yet, but Jenny and I just recorded last week a property or a interview with some of those short-term, or I'm sorry, corporate medium-term rentals down mm -hmm. the springs. Yeah. And on similar units, similar location, they're getting like almost three times the rent yes. doing medium-term rentals. So yes. there's some optionality on here as well if they want to really... Get creative. Get yeah. creative and increase cash flow. Like one or two units. I know one of them is... is vacant now so that's a really cool opportunity i think to to do that to one of them all right so moving on last segment of this first slide we're doing yep. is a commercial office space building that also happened the springs so Preston, why pull up that spreadsheet give everyone the rundown on the on the property and the clients and the situation yeah absolutely so um these were some buyer clients we were working with that uh were looking to place some capital from some previous properties that they had liquidated um, and originally we were looking in kind of the multifamily space and, you know, trying to find a deal around. And as we know, uh, like we've talked about already, inventory is pretty low and some of those deals, you know, just aren't, aren't that great on the spreadsheet. So we started expanding our horizons a little bit and looking around, um, and came across an off market, uh, office building opportunity down in the Springs. And after doing some research and checking it out and looking around, uh, you know, based on what the market had given us and what we could see everywhere else, we knew that this was a really, really good opportunity. So, uh, the location on this place was great. Um, very well maintained property. Um, what's really cool about this is, you know, especially for an eight unit, you know, commercial property didn't have a whole lot of like common area. Every, every unit had an exterior entrance. So there wasn't a ton of, you know, interior, uh, maintenance issues or things like that for, for the buyers. Um, and you know, that cuts down on a lot of the maintenance issues. Everything was separately metered. Everything was was good to go and had all long-term tenants in place. Okay. Yep. So what was the down payment on a property like this? Uh, so this uh, ended up being about 35%. 
Um, like I said, our clients had liquidated some properties, so they had a little bit extra cash. I mean, I think we probably could have got it done with a little bit less, but to get the numbers where they wanted and, and place the amount of capital they had, this is what worked out for us. So, so in the current conditions, probably about 30% yep. down payment would yeah. be the lowest. Lowest we're seeing, right? Going to go yeah, down. it's going to be about 30%. What was the purchase price? 2.1 million. Acquisition cost? Uh, going to be about 15, uh, 17K actually. Give or take a little bit. All right. So, gunner contract, we do the inspection. Yep. How is the inspection? Any issues on the inspection process? <clears throat> Actually, the inspection went really, really well. Um, you know, the biggest thing that came up for us was, um, a few little plumbing issues here and there, but the interesting thing about this building is it actually had a crawl space. So you could hmm. access all of the interior lower unit plumbing from the crawl space. There's just some leaks and a few little things here and there, you know, nothing that a handyman or a plumber couldn't take care of, um, you know, in half a day or so. Um, and then it had a couple of older air conditioning, um, heating units. So, um, a few of them have been replaced, but you know, at the end of the day, we know one of them was about 30 years old, so it's going to need to be replaced. So we were actually able to negotiate like a $10,000 seller credit, okay. um, to go towards the replacement of that, um, when the time comes. So 10,000 seller credit. Yep. I mean, any major just repair costs? <clears throat> just, uh, you know, like I said, a few minor plumbing things here and there. Um, nothing crazy, you know, probably going to end up at, at the end of the day, um, few a few potholes need to be fixed a few concrete repairs i'd probably say about five grand um you know and just minor capex type stuff all right so for this office space down the springs yep. we're at about a 2.1 purchase price 35 percent down payment and then ten thousand dollars seller credit for the air conditioning five thousand in repair costs to take care of just some basic stuff all in for everything about seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars so three quarters of a million dollars to get in a property like this what were the financing terms like? Uh, so this one we ended up getting uh, actually at 3.75 is where we ended up, I believe. Uh, yep, 30-year term, amortized over 30 years. Um, they did do an arm as well, so they did a seven-year arm. Um, but I think, you know, in what we're seeing in this market right now, this is really, really good. Oh, yeah. And then what are the rents like? I mean, I... Just the general like kind of gross rents on here. Yeah. So what we're seeing in the springs right now uh, for office space is going to be you know anywhere between you know twelve and fourteen dollars a square foot, um, depending on how they have it structured, whether it's you know modified gross or triple net. Um, <clears throat> most of these units were all somewhere between twelve seventy five and thirteen fifty a square foot, um, which is pretty standard, and especially because they're all long term tenants. You know, it's one of those things, especially in in the commercial office space. You know, you want to have tenants that are going to stay there a long time you know, cut down on uh, turn costs and things like that. So they, they kept the rents a little bit below market here um, to keep these long-term tenants in place, but overall still really good cash flow numbers. And what's the tenant mix like down there? Who are the tenants? Uh, it's kind of all over the board. There's uh, actually a real estate company in there. There's a couple insurance uh, brokers in there. Um, they've got some medical stuff going on um, and, uh, and actually like a telecom company in there as well. So a okay. really good unit mix. Um, and clients that have done a lot of tenant improvements to to make their units work for them. So a little bit of security there as well for our buyers, knowing that the tenants aren't going to want to like up and uproot and move and have to go, you know, build out a whole new office suite for for what they need. So what are the gross rents on here? Gross rents are going to be about seventeen thousand five hundred. So seventeen thousand five hundred in total. Yep. What do you run for vacancy down in an office? Um, so about the same, it's going to be three to 5% to be a little conservative. I'd probably do 5%, um, just, you know, in the current state of the market that we're in, you know, I think this place, you know, with long-term tenants in place, isn't going to have any vacancy issues, but we always like to be conservative. What about property management? Uh, property management is going to be about 8%. 
Repairs reserves? Uh, I would put those at 8% as well. Um, you know, it is a little bit of an older building. There's, you know, a uh, parking lot and some of the exterior stuff that they'll have to take care of. But again, those are going to be, you know, not uh, expenses that happen, you know, every year. But whenever they do hit, it's going to be a pretty, pretty big chunk of change, right? <laughs> HOA? No, I'm no assuming. No HOA. Taxes. Um, so taxes here are going to be about $22,000 a year. Property insurance is going to be about seven seven thousand. Seven thousand or seventy seven. Seven thousand. Seven thousand. Yep. Okay. Utilities. Um, so these are all billed back to the tenants. Um, so like I mentioned, everything else uh, is basically separately metered. So tenants pay all their own utilities and things like that. Um, there's two units that do share a few utilities, but those all get billed back to them. So at the end of the day, um, there's basically no no utilities for for the buyer. Wow. wow. That's yeah. great. Um, there's going to be some trash. Um, which is probably going to be about 3000 bucks a year, give or take. Um, and landscaping is going to be around $2,000 a year. And that includes snow removal. Okay. Yep. All right. So property management, 8% repairs, reserves, 8% in gross rents, taxes, 20,000 a year, insurance, 7,000 bucks a year, and then 3000 for trash, 2000 for landscaping, snow removal. So that's going to give us an annual gross rental income about $210,000 a year, less 5% vacancy, less all the operating expenses, puts us at $132,000 in NOI. So very, very strong NOI. Very strong NOI. I mean, pay it off. You can live off $10,000 a month. <laughs> uh, but after mortgage debt, we're at $56,000 in cash flow. So that is great that's awesome yeah because mm -hmm. that's a seven and a half percent cash on cash return and a 6.3 percent cap rate yep so what's not to like about it what's the what's the issue that's exactly why we, <laughs> we pulled the trigger right i mean you know looking around at some of the other deals in the multifamily space um you know like the deal we just went over i mean even finding a five or a five and a half cap in the multifamily world is is really good right now um and yeah this is a new um sector for these clients moving you know from uh, you know, housing stuff to the office space, uh, obviously a little bit of, you know, trepidation there. But at the end of the day, when you look at these numbers, they're solid and it makes sense. All right. So look at these numbers or look at this property. Any kind of closing thoughts on your Preston? Uh, no, I think, you know, this is kind of one of those deals where you put some money, you park it, you've got, you know, long-term leases. That was kind of one of the things we negotiated as we went through this deal is getting a couple of the leases that were going to be up this year or coming up soon um, to get those extended. So there was some more security there for the buyers, um, which obviously helps in the lending side of things as well, right? Because the lenders know that, you know, there's secure tenants in place. Um, and so, you know, I think it was just one of those things. We negotiated a really solid deal for our clients and everybody came out as winners. All right. I like this. Yeah. Because I mean, I don't, I don't know commercial space in the spring. So this is very, very interesting to it's me. It's always a learning experience, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. What is their long-term plans? Uh, do they want to hold on to this for, for, the foreseeable future or for a few years and then 1031 into something different or I think it's it's one of those things we'll see what the market does right I mean mm -hmm. at the end of the day they are definitely real estate investors they own other property around around the state so it's kind of one of those things hey this deal is here let's take it let's see what happens and then you know in three to five years we'll reevaluate and go from there okay yeah all right so this kind of does a wrap for our first show guys our first live show yes so first off awesome. thank you um Audience, give us your feedback on here. Let us know what you like. We're going to, you'll definitely see through the next few shows, it's going to be very fluid. We are definitely learning as we go. We have a very light agenda, very light outline, and we're just going to sit here, bring on great people like Preston, Jenny, 
hour today and just talk numbers, talk trends, talk data, and just have a fun time as well. So give us feedback and also be on the lookout too for ways to ask us questions, submit questions through email, through social, join us live. Eventually we'll start getting people live on the show as well, which I really want to do. But in the meantime, don't forget to get your 2021 guide of the Colorado Guide to Real Estate Investing Strategies. And we are doing our book launch party, our first networking event for the last 18 months yeah. on June 4th. So please join us there. If you can't find the link, email us. Otherwise, it's in the RSVP link. And then if you guys have questions out there, go buy properties. I mean, we remember market stats. It's tough out there, but we're still finding deals. We're, we're still, still finding good deals. Yep. Uh, reach out to us. Whether you're a first-time investor, we can help you figure out your strategy, implement it. Or if we, we've talked to a lot of people recently, who've had a portfolio for years, like, hey, is this a good time to sell? How can I optimize equity on here? I feel like a good time to trade up. Reach out to us. We have resources and case studies for both types of investors, and we love helping you out. So thank you. And Jenny Preston, thank you. Thank you, Chris. This has been great. Thanks, Chris.